Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project. I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode. We've been getting amazing feedback from you guys, and we love, or you folks, I always use guys, sorry. That's tough. Shout out to the ladies. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, you have done a great job of not only subscribing, but rating our podcast. And we want to know, we want to let you know that we are thankful and grateful. So we're on a road to get 100 uh, by the end of this year. And so hopefully we'll get that. Uh, so let's jump into a duo cast that Brian and I had. We're going to just spitball here. We're going to be talking about the financial don'ts or the financial faux pas, as Brian likes to say, or the financial things that you want to try to stay away from. And we probably should caveat this by probably not all of these are bad. Uh, we just want to talk about them and uh, just address them because it's kind of a fun show. So Brian, any uh, thoughts before we jump in? No, we get to meet with lots of people and we hear things and we see things. And it's just a collection of, I don't know, things that we've heard and witnessed and just wanted to compile for people. Yeah. So the first one is more of a uh, something I'll say if somebody says, hey, Philip, do you have any financial tips for me? And normally they think I'm going to say like a stock. Need a hot stock. Yeah. Need a hot stock. Mm. First off, they don't know me very well. <laughs> That's more of a Brian uh, question, but uh, I'll automatically say, I'll be like, don't get a divorce because they are expensive. Um, and, and I say that in jest. And if you're in a bad marriage, like, please don't feel like we're on top of you or if we're, we're condemning you by any stretch. But man, divorces can be devastating. And financially and, and emotionally. And so they just take a toll out of, out of you and, and your finances and everybody involved. So know that. That's a huge thing. Some, of, some people we meet with don't need a financial advisor. They need a marriage counselor. <laughs> that's the truth. But uh, we have somebody that's been through one. Uh, and so, Brian, you can probably speak to it more than I can. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. I mean, being divorced, it's obviously emotional and it's, it's you know, uh, financially expensive and financially destructive. Um, anytime you try to separate plywood, it's brutal. <laughs> um, and so I think our biggest thing is when you look at the reasons most people get divorced, a lot of them are financially related. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when you look at or talk about counseling, um, you might not get equipped with how to handle money. Sure. You can talk about things, you know, prior experiences, childhood, you know, whatever your beliefs are, but then how do you actually get practical tools and equipping to move forward in that? Um, I'm not saying we're counselors or financial counselors. Sometimes it feels that way. Um, but, and I don't see that, say that in a bad way. I say that in like a serious way. Like we take it seriously of meeting people where they're at. And, um, yeah, I think it's something that you can work on as a part of your marriage to avoid divorce, uh, in terms of that's, like one of the main things you're struggling with um, is money in your marriage. So for sure. And you mentioned it, but I've heard it's uh, getting a divorce is like separating plywood. It's, it's gonna, it's not gonna be pretty. You're going to get bloody. 
and you can't really put it back together once you do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's not easy. So that's something to do. And then I would also say like marriage is something that you can invest in. We just talked to somebody yesterday, a couple, and they were kind of like on the fence, like, should we go on vacation or like a vacation, a bigger vacation before we have kids? I kind of feel greedy. I feel kind of selfish. And we said, don't ever feel selfish about investing in your marriage. And how much is it worth for you to keep your marriage strong and healthy? And like, there is no amount of money to do that. And so that was at least the charge we told this couple. And I think there's probably um, definitely outliers that might not be true, but I don't think it's ever bad to invest in your marriage. And so if you're going through a divorce and, uh, or you have gone through a divorce, I bet you're going to be the first one singing from the rooftops like that really hurt financially. So things to try to stay away from. Number one, divorce. All right. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, Number two, kind of goes with divorce, partnering with the wrong people. And this is in the context of business, I think. uh, Yeah. Primarily, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think also in life too, like who's your best friends? Who's, who'd you get married to? Like kind of moving back to the back, but, but people who you partner with, and, and if you've listened to any of our shows, you see that the people that partner with have take a really it's either a good decision or a bad decision. So that needs to be yeah. taken into account. Go ahead. No, we've obviously been in a partnership for seven plus years now and uh, had our good times and bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it is hard. Like it, it's hard for us. And I think sometimes, you know, the podcast, it comes across like everything's, you know, roses and sunshine and uh, rainbows and ice cream. And uh, <laughs> a lot of times it isn't. And, and yeah. sometimes it isn't. And it requires work just like a marriage. And, um, um, it seems though, and just the people that we've spoken to, we've, we've had people that have had tremendous partnerships decades long. Mm-hmm. We've had people that, um, it, you know, didn't last even 10 months. So I think that's a, it's just a thing to be careful of and something that to take super seriously on the front end. And, um, yeah, I know that it's going to retire, require work through it. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. It's going to take hard work. And honestly, like it's, it's one of those things like you get in a bad partnership and it really derails you, um, but you definitely have to work through it. And I always say you can probably get further with a partnership than by yourself, but it's going to be a lot faster by yourself. Um, but you're going to go a lot further with a partner. And I think I'll, I'll just share one story of, I think, uh, unlimited amount in our history of the Uncommonwealth partners. But uh, one of them that I remember is... Uh, for one of our Christmas parties, I was like, I want to do some kind of award that we're going to give to some of our clients that are going down this uncommon path and really setting the trend. And I was like, I think I want to do like a little wax seal. Uh, and we can call it the uncommon life seal. And Brian, I, I've shared it with Brian. Brian's like, I think that's dumb. And I was like, I'm digging my heels in, like I'm doing it. Does that make sense? And so I was like, really staunch, I'm doing this. And then he said, okay, if you're going to do it, I think you should do it this way or that way. And at the end of it, we have an award that we give out every year for on our Christmas uh, party to one or two, uh, last year was three, of our clients that are doing amazing, uncommon things. And not only setting a life path for them, but also many people around them that are watching them. And uh, it's, it's, it's framed. It has, because of Brian, has more like written stuff behind it. Uh, it's just powerful. And uh, that was one small example of how partnerships work better, like especially mine and Brian's. Like, I think I'm way better when Brian's by my shoulder or n- next to my shoulders. What is it? 
next to me. <laughs> shoulder to shoulder. My, yeah. When Brian's on my shoulders, but uh, I next, love the shoulder rides that you give me, Philip. <laughs> I love this, but yeah, we're way better uh, together than we are uh, for our partnership. So, but well, that's I, something you got to be. I appreciate you saying that. I echo that as well. So appreciate that. So that's something just to be, I think uh, eyes wide open when you go into a partnership and, and just like marriage, you never know exactly who you're getting married to. That's also something in partnering with somebody. But uh, again, we're faith-based people. And so we feel like Jesus is the ultimate example. And uh, when you love him and you know what he's done for you, you can be way more forgiving and graceful uh, towards the other person. So that's helped us immensely in our partnership. Okay, next. I love this next one. Go ahead, man. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can't this because, you know, the Bible does say to seek wisdom from multiple counselors. Um, and I'm not quoting that directly, but it's paraphrasing it. Um, but we do get a lot of people that I think you think we think ask way too many people for advice on their situation. And so it's a delicate subject of getting other people's perspective, getting other people's perspective that you trust. And if you do that too many times, you can kind of get stuck because that advice ultimately is going to contradict itself. Yeah. And you're going to be going to be right back to where you started struggling to make a decision. And so, yeah, we would say also too, like your ultimate authority should be the Bible. Go back to it and see if it says anything about it. Now, if it doesn't, or it does, then make sure that you're interpreting correctly, going to people around you and asking like, Hey, here's where I'm at. Am I maybe seeing this, maybe it rose colored glasses, or am I not seeing this clearly? Um, but we would say asking too many people for advice could be a bad thing. Um, but we we are strong advocates at Uncommon Wealth Partners because we do things so uncommonly to make sure that you bounce this ideas off of a couple people that you know, like, and trust. But uh, Brian has a really good point of all this is like, make sure the people that you're uh, asking for advice is going down a path that you appreciate. Um, so for example, if maybe your parents have always had a desk job, then asking them to say, hey, I'm going to step out and start my own company. Um, chances are they'll have really good advice, but there could be some of their own fears playing in their head of like, I didn't do it that way. Therefore, I don't know if you should. And so you just have to make sure that you take advice um, and try to keep your eyes wide open again. I keep saying that, but really trying to figure out like, are the people that I'm taking advice, somebody that I respect value in this specific example. So analysis by paralysis is a real thing. Uh, and sometimes, and we just had this client uh, last week where he, he talked to two CPAs, two financial advisors, um, somebody at, what is it? A tax couple guy, of colleagues, colleagues, and then like yeah. a guy that walks his dog. Now at this point, <laughs> you get the point. So we didn't know whether to put this one in or not because we really are strong advocates of, um, you know, asking people for advice, but uh, it comes to a point where it's almost too much and you're getting nowhere, like Brian said. So, well, I think a lot of times too, people ask other people for advice. And this gentleman was sharing like all these different people he sought out and their perspective on the topic we were talking about. And I was just like, well, are those people going to be here to answer for their perspective in 10 years? Yeah. You know, like, are they even going to be in your life in 10 years? Are they going to be held accountable if this doesn't go well for you? And so I think that's another huge part of it. And I think obviously why we ask our family members, because you're going to say yes to that question. I'll be like, yeah, I hope my family's with me in 10 years. But if you're seeking advice from people outside of that, 
are those people going to be in a position to be held accountable, um, you know, or just be there for you if this thing goes wrong? I think that's super important to think about. Yep. All right, let's keep going because we only have 25 minutes and yeah. I might blow through this one. We okay. are on the clock. We are going to try our best. Number uh, B, or, or, or let's say D, I don't know, oh. four or five or six or whatever. But yeah, don't invest things you don't understand. Like I can't emphasize this enough. I see this and Brian and I see this a lot when it goes south. And it, at the end of the day, all of them will say, I just didn't understand it. <laughs> And that's a scary thing. Um, so, if you don't understand it, I don't. What's the what's that the whole thing that they say? If you have knowledge but have no money, and then somebody else has money but no knowledge, it ends up transferring. Right. <laughs> the person that had knowledge yeah. has your money, and the person that had money had now has the knowledge. Uh, right. Not to give me that, but uh, this is a big thing and one that we really put a lot of emphasis on at the Uncommon Wealth Partners when somebody's ready to start this uncommon path. Uh, do, you have, do you understand what you're doing? Do you have experience in doing that? And are your gifts aligned in all of that? And again, we're financial advisors that help people try to put their cash flow around their passions and enthusiasm um, and do it in a smart way. But if you don't know what you're doing and don't understand it, it'd be like our first warning sign of like, ooh, we need a lot more due diligence here. Yeah, and especially if you're going to put in real serious money, you know, and I think uh, I know a guy, you know, we get exposure to sell these oil and gas partnerships where you can invest in these, you know, they're basically going out and drilling wells to try to find oil and you get massive tax deduction to do it. And if they strike oil, you can make a lot of money. Well, he puts money into one of these deals and, you know, it's the mother load. They find, you know, just this huge, huge oil well and the guy just makes a ton of money, gets his tax deduction. So then, you know, well, why wouldn't I do that again? The ultimate Does hustle. it again, the ultimate hustle. Yeah. Let's double down. And yeah. that did not go well. And he had doubled his investment and he ended up losing all of it. And it was something that even if it went right, you're still not going to understand that business. You're just passively investing into somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're not learning the oil business. Uh, you're basically throwing darts at the board. And, and again, maybe, you know... Um, you hit a bullseye. <laughs> you hit a bullseye, but you're kind of on those other people to throw the darts. And so yeah. at the end of the day, I think the other side of this is real estate is one of those things that I think we get the most where people are doing all this research online, whether it's you know Bigger Pockets or Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Kiyosaki, all these different things. And they get to that point of like, well, I want to do this, but they've never done it before. And Robert Kiyosaki's not standing there next to you, going to help you do that first property. I think you will for like $90,000 and you, you know, better go right for that type of fee. But um, in that, then that's where you're asking like, well, I'm going to tell my parents, I'm going to buy a rental property and they've never owned one. So they're of course going to tell you not to do it. Mm-hmm. And then two, this is why I think we're so big on Airbnb. And we, we gave this advice actually yesterday of the clients going out of town for a, a trip to another country. So they're going to be gone for like a week. Like, well, maybe you could make your first goal of entering into real estate just having your primary residence on Airbnb for that week, you're going to be gone and like mm-hmm. figure that out. Mm-hmm. And you could do that for less than probably 500 bucks. And then at least you would know, do you feel comfortable with somebody else staying in your house? Do you feel comfortable, you know, figuring this all out? Was it a good feeling to be in another country and have someone pay you to be in your house? You know, like how does that work emotionally, tactically, financially? And how did you feel about it? Yep. So That's a great, part- easy way. Totally. If so, I think your point is well taken. 
if you're going to invest in something you don't understand, try not to make it a high value of of cash or or putting a lot of monetary value in that. When you have a lot of money, if you don't understand it, don't do it financially, but maybe, hey, can I put more time into that? Now that would be Mm -hmm. something that we would be all about. Like, okay, let's see if you even like this, but how can you do it without investing any money? Sure. Okay. Uh, Also, I think that one that you said briefly, but don't invest things for only tax reasons. And you kind of briefly kind of mentioned that, but uh, there's like some oil and gas things that they're saying, yeah, you can get an amazing tax deduction. And that's okay to do if you're not looking for any return. (laughs) Right. Like it just, just kiss that money goodbye. Um, And then um, it's kind of like a lottery ticket kind of thing, but you got your deduction. So if you're looking for that, that's okay. Like, but if you're looking for that for tax reasons and possibly growth, I'd say go ahead and uh, not do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just, it's just one dimensional. And yeah, you'll get an upfront benefit in the tax deduction but, or tax credit. Um, but that's not necessarily an investment. That's a tax strategy. Exactly. If you want something to be an investment or something that's going to contribute to your overall retirement, I'd highly recommend you really think through that. Yeah. Um, and so, and we're not talking about like putting money in a 401k or something like that. We're talking to more like quirky, you know, one-off type investments. Oil and gas is a great example uh, just because we've had so many people do it. And it just ends up being like, well, I don't even know what my return was because <laughs> the cash flow is so sporadic or little or whatever, or that yeah. totally went under that the real only benefit was the tax deduction, you know? Yep. And yep. so we just don't see a lot of instances and I could count over 10 in that example where that was like a good long-term strategic idea. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting with uh, talking just taxes here, CPAs and accountants, like they're, I don't know if it's their ultimate goal, but they would love you to, to pay zero taxes and they would actually not want you to get paid anything. Does that make sense? Like, well, you, you have zero tax. Well, I didn't make anything. Isn't that great? Like, no, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Help me out. Like, I, yeah, I told our account, like, I want to, I want to pay a million dollars in taxes, meaning that I want to be able to be making a lot more money too. And right. So, uh, sometimes just focusing on tax reasons might not be your best rate of return. You might want to be like, Hey, I want to pay more taxes, but I got to figure out a way, you know, so there's, there's things. So, all right. That wasn't on the list. I totally blew through that. Sorry. Here we go. Next one. Don't invest things that sound too good to be true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There are Ponzi schemes. There are people defrauding other people all the time. At a record pace. And I, I'm glad that I feel like all of our clients have gotten through the like, you know, Nigerian prince email hustle. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot more sophisticated frauds out there. Yeah. And it happens. And it, I mean, yeah. we've had personal experiences with people that have, you know, invested in Ponzi schemes and lost all of their money. And it's devastating. And so if you're getting, and, and we hear these, you know, we get pitched lots of different things all the time by not only other vendors, but clients that are looking and evaluating things. And it's just like, oh, you know, I'm guaranteed this and I can't, there's nothing that can go wrong. And it's like, I'm going to have my money back in 12 months. Mm-hmm. And, and those investments might go well. And then it's like, well, I'm going to put in double. I'm going to put in triple. Like, I can't lose. Like, all those things are just massive red flags. Totally. Guarantees, all that stuff. It's scary. And it's it's interesting to me. And uh, Dave Ramsey's not my uncle, so I'm just right. But (laughs) when he, I think he does a really good job with budgeting and helping people get out of debt. 
But I think he should probably stop there until when he starts talking about how to build wealth, he, I would get fined and Brian would get fined because we're licensed. We can't say any guaranteed or any kind of thing that we could say uh, about mutual funds and the average that they are going to produce. Um, and so I think he sets up some of his listeners for failure because when they don't get that rate of return that he's saying, then they get frustrated and angry. Um, and so the only thing that we can guarantee if we take your money and we put it into a securities product is 100% loss. We hope that doesn't happen, but there is no guarantee that I can give. Right. And it's not like you're, I can guarantee you like no growth. No, it's 100% loss because there's risk there and you need to understand that risk. Mm-hmm. And so there are things that are actually really beneficial, but there's always like, you can understand if you really dissect these things, why they're in place. And it's never like a silver bullet. It's either a system over time that produces cash flow, or it's, uh, you know, you're investing and the risk is there. And um, so understanding all of those things is really important. Okay. Don't keep moving. Yeah, we did a whole podcast on this next one, but don't put your head in the sand and do nothing. Um, that's not smart. Uh, and I have a couple of buddies. Uh, shout out to Nate and Todd. They were like, hey, let me do a podcast. Interview us for the things that we didn't do right. Um, and sometimes I think there's a lot of people out there like this. If they're just really nervous about where they're at financially, they don't even want to look at it. They just put their head in the sand and keep working. Um, I don't know if that's the best strategy. Uh, in my life, probably the most growth I've ever done is the times when I just addressed it and it was hard uh, and got through the other side with a community of, of people that uh, love me and, and help me through it. So don't just put your head in the stand and not do anything. Yeah. If you're avoiding things financially and scared to look at statements, scared to pay bills, scared to tell other people where you're at, that is like the biggest signal to like ask for help. Good point. Great point. Uh, the next one is kind of fun. And we just had a meeting. We've had a lot of meetings this last week. It's true though. <laughs> been busy. Uh, uh, Timeshares. This one is my hot button. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it hard. I'm going to warn you. Get it, buddy. Get it. Go. For We've it. got lots of people that own timeshares and I can't think of one of them that is like over the moon about it. <laughs> can't think of one. Sounds great. You've all been invited to the dinners. Or the you're hey you're gonna get a free trip you just gotta look at listen to a presentation. Well no 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 they they get you the free trips and they put you in like the old red roof inn or something. Oh like, yeah. Oh this is all putsy and then they're like well let's come over to here to the uh, Ritz Carlton. Yeah you're at the stagecoach inn across the street and uh, you know eating off cast iron and and cardboard boxes and oh my goodness. and, and you know it sounds so good to like oh I'm gonna get this we could come here all the time and like. Yeah, we just went through this with a client and they basically said that we could kind of talk about their situation and, and they're now trying to get out of this timeshare that they did literally, I think it was like 15 years ago. And so we call the timeshare with them and we're just like, how do you get out of this? And they're like, basically you can't. Um, well, she you had a you fear. have to, like, it's not like they're going to help you get out of it. No, no. And she had a fear. She's like, I'm just like super fearful that this timeshare goes on to our kids. And we're like, yeah. no, that no way truly be happening. Oh, it's happened. Like, and we called them and it was like, does this? And she's like, well, it goes into probate. I'm no lawyer, but it goes to your probate, <laughs> which that means <laughs> I'm no that lawyer. means your kids are dealing with but it. Kids are dealing with it. And so there is a secondary market for timeshares where they can, I think you can like buy them out. Um, she did, the gal that we talked to for this timeshare company did say that it was very easy to facilitate, you know, putting it on Airbnb. Uh, but you still own it and are dealing with it. And I think the, one of the impetus for the client to bring it up with us, because we didn't know this prior, was that they got 
assessed uh, like a maintenance, you know, you got to put some more money in. We need a new roof and gutters and all this stuff. Yep. And it's like, oh my gosh, we just want to be done with this. You know, we don't really want to go there anymore. Uh, we want to, you know, be in a different place and our kids are older and we need more rooms and amenities. And and now, especially with Airbnb and just the ability to like customize where you stay and, um, you know, the different things that you have outside of just hotels or, or you know, there's just a lot more choices. <laughs> so yeah. these things just seem like a complete debacle. And I, I don't want to minimize the memories you're making with family on these trips because that's real and there totally. is a value in that. But to be locked into multi-year, multi-lifetime contracts uh, of things that you can't get out of, uh, I don't know that that's the best investment. And I think what people are really looking for is the permission to go on a trip. And so if you had a passive income stream that was paying you, you know, 2000 or $5,000 or $10,000 a year, and you could use that money to go anywhere you want in the world. That is what I think people are looking for. Now, if you decide to use that money every year to go to the same place, you know, maybe that is where you look into a second home or, you know, getting a property to Airbnb and then use yourself. But I don't know that the timeshare is the way to approach that, meeting that need or that desire. Here's what I'd say the timeshare because they all sound so good. And honestly, the person that we just talked to, it was like $800 for a week in Orlando. Every two years, they could go one week and it was $800, $400 each year, whatever. But I think what got them was like, oh, we're going to do this all the time. And we'll always, this will make us kind of force us to go down here, mm -hmm. go down there. And they did it when they were, they didn't have any kids and all this stuff. I would say no matter what, you should always say no. And then as you're, as the years go by and you keep thinking about it <laughs> and you yeah. keep thinking about that one specific location, uh, then maybe, but I'm saying like 10% maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just, I feel like you can still go back to the same location um, and not have this locked in noose and it would be worth it to, I think the people that we just talked to, um, to pay a little bit more money to not be locked into that specific location. Yeah. Um, or specific time period. Anyway, it was just a lot of uh, gotchas and uh, they didn't- Well, and then it was, you know, when we talked and it was like, well, you can do this and you can upgrade that and you can like, but everything had for a fee. fee. <laughs> everything for a fee, you can do this for a fee. Is yeah. there a fee where I can get out of this? Well, there's no fee for that. Yeah. <laughs> so sad because our client was like, I would pay somebody $2,000 just to take this from me. You know, like, oh. Just be done. Yeah, just be done. So there's a don't for you, timeshares. And you can even say, just think of Brian and Philip when you're in those seminars because you went down to Jamaica and you <laughs> wanted a free trip. Just think of Brian and Philip. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Stay at the stagecoach in. Hold to your guns. Yeah, we're totally at 25 minutes, but I want to blow through this last one and it's just toys. Uh, we've, we've bunched in motorcycles, ATVs, boats, RVs, second homes. I don't think they're bad necessarily. But I've had a motorcycle and I've always watered a motorcycle. I've had it for three months and I got rid of it. <laughs> and it wasn't that I didn't use it, but I just felt guilty about it. That I was just looking at the thing. I wasn't using it as much as I thought I was going to use it, which is pretty much on all these you can say, like, how much are you really going to use it? And I'm not saying that RVs aren't a great thing and I think they can make a lot of memories about it. And even boats, like one of my philosophies in life is like people who have a boat are just kind of closer because they don't have cell phones and they're just in a boat. But maintaining that boat, getting the oh, boat yeah. down the ramp. I mean, it would take me two years just to, uh, you know, put the boat in the ramp because I'm horrible at backing things in like that. But yeah. I just remember what exactly that you want of these. And is there a way you can rent it 
And if you see yourself Amen. running at this all the time, then again, maybe, but you just got to be careful because we are people who just want things and we always are ready to put something that we can buy to make us happy. And these are the things that I see, at least in my own life, that are kind of like, oh yeah, that'd be fun. But would I ever really use them? Yeah. That's the question. And I think the other thing I'd say is, is for the people that want to do this and I get it. And you know, when I'm on somebody's boat, it's awesome. And I'm it so sure thankful is. that they did that and that I could exactly. share in that experience. Yep. I'll never forget this. My buddy in, uh, in college, just an amazing guy. Shout out to Pat. But he said, my boat doesn't run on thank yous. And it's just this stuff adds up, you know? And uh, I was just thought that was one of the greatest lines. But if you're going to buy one of these things, all this stuff is always for sale. There is someone that did this. They bought that thing that you want to buy and they want out of it. And yeah. it is probably cheaper and, and really almost like new if you would just hunt for it as opposed to just going buying new and being trapped into some either payment or, you know, toy that you're going to struggle to get out of at the price that you paid for it. And so, so and again, and if you're using it and you, it's a beautiful thing in your family and you're making it awesome. We're not saying that, but really question, do you have that path and ability to leverage this type of toy for those memories? And oh, are yeah. you going to use it? And for that motorcycle, I had to go get a uh, motorcycle's license. Then I had helmet. to get insured and a helmet. You and had then, the gloves too, didn't you? Did oh, you yeah, have some man. gloves? I had the gloves. <laughs> I mean, this is like my dream to have this thing. And I got it and I was like, meh, meh, meh. But and then when I tried to sell it, I was like, oh, if I could just get rid of this thing, you know, of course I did. But so the funny thing about the insurance is I forgot to call, you know, nine months later to cancel my insurance when I sold my motorcycle. Yeah, well. <laughs> you were paying for it the whole way. Yeah, it just seems like these things are always just kind of just kind of sucking life away from anyway, for me, I don't think it's good for me to buy any of those. All, although I go to Minnesota once a year for a week, I'm sorry, I go to Minnesota for a week every year and we rent a boat and it's amazing. I don't have to worry about it if it doesn't start. <laughs> I don't have to worry about any of that. It just is there in the water ready for us to ski behind. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's expensive too, but it's not as expensive as if, if I had to like store the boat, I had to back the boat up to any ramp because I'd probably wreck it. Um, there's just a lot of expenses that go along with this stuff. And it sounds really cool from an outsider's perspective, but once you're in it, uh, it could be different. So those are our financial things to like think through. Hopefully this helps uh, frame in a little bit more about us and what we value, but uh, there are some things that we see in our practice that we were like, don't do. And some of these are what we talk <laughs> don't about. do the timeshare. <laughs> do the timeshare. Don't do it. I love it. Well, thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.